hear about like cops and firemen that die five weeks after they retire. The stress of it is that the glue that keeps you going. You were on and you were hustling and working. It was great. But then some decompression time outside of that. I think we're ripe for it. I don't know if society's really ready for cops to have like a work-life balance. Welcome to Three Cops Talk. On this podcast, three active duty police officers discuss behind the scenes stories and real life accounts of what it's like to be a cop. Every episode, you'll get an inside look at the challenges and dangers they face on a daily basis, as well as the triumphs and inspirational moments that make it all worth it. If you want to understand more about the men and women who put their lives on the line for us every day, then this is the show for you. And now your hosts, Chris, Scott, and Sean. After recognizing the recent passing of a chief, a canine, and the ever-increasing hazards of the job, Scott and I take the time to consider some of the difficulties that cops may find in achieving a healthy work-life balance. If you have any ideas or topics for the show, please reach out to us at 3copstalk at gmail.com. That's the number 3copstalk at gmail.com. If you'd like to reach us through social media, our details are in the show notes. The views and opinions expressed in this episode belong solely to the hosts and do not represent the views of any professional organization. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back, folks. We're going to talk a little bit today about balance. And, uh, you know, my career, uh, I worked for, you know, four different chiefs at this point. And my last one here in my current agency was probably the best. I worked for for the shortest amount of time, but one of the things that I saw with 20 plus years of coming to this organization was it had a feel to it that was clearly, I think, commensurate with leadership and the welcoming aspect of it. You know, no agency is perfect. We don't claim to be perfect. The people that were bringing me on didn't claim for perfection, but they did a really good job of like creating a balance of understanding like work and life and the people that do the work. A lot of that's just like talk for cops and talk for leaders of cops but my chief, uh, Luther Reynolds, was probably the best at it. I mean, you know, when I got sworn in, it was just me and my family at the ceremony, and it was him. The chief swore me in. And I remember, I was like, I thought to myself, I'll never forget this moment for the rest of my life. And at the time, he had already battled cancer, lost a limb, and was in the fight every single day doing good stuff. Well, unfortunately, he finally claimed him, and this past week, we buried him. And uh, I just thought to myself, golly, why do they take the good ones always so quickly from you? And some folks here work with him way longer than I did, obviously, but I can't say enough great things about that man and I want to dedicate this show to him um, and the things that he did to you know, reinvigorate me with law enforcement. Because at the time, I was really not feeling it so much anymore, particularly over my last experience, which was supposed to be steeped in leadership. I went down the road a little bit and met a guy that literally was probably the best leader in the police world that I ever did because he really appreciated his cops. He really did. There's talk. People say that leaders say that. And then there's people that actually practiced it. And, you know, I hope the next guy or gal that takes his job is as good as he was because he created an environment in a city that's just like every other city in America experiencing some tough things. So I wanted to start out with that because he meant so much to us and and, and all of us are affected by it. I mean, I've never seen something like that, Scott. Um, you know, we're so many people, you never heard a, cr- a crossword about the man. Right. And his kindness was evident. And he would like, I remember the first time I met him, he just looked at me and talked to me. And I was talking to him about just BS about my old job. Mm. And he literally was so fascinated by what I was talking about. And he was like looking at me and understanding me and comprehending me. And what's your name again? That kind of thing. It wasn't like right. moving on like a, you know, a, yeah, a sincere, handshake line sincere. or something like that. He was totally sincere. So God bless him and his family and all the people from my agency that are, are participating in this week. Yeah. And it. Funny that you mentioned that. I was just at a training class a couple of weeks ago. It was a leadership training class. 
And one of the exercises they did in there was having you write down who was someone in your career who you you saw as a mentor or a leader at some point. And it was funny to go back and and write down um, some names of people that and people that I haven't worked with in over twenty years, but mm-hmm. definitely had a big impact on this job, this career. Taught me a lot as a new officer. Taught me a lot about just family and leadership, and it kind of circles back to that what you're talking about, like a a, a work life balance. That um, he was a leader that really pushed that like, hey, when we come here, we hustle, we work, we, we we do a good job. And But when we're outside of here, make sure that you take care of those people and your family and spend that time with them. Um, and, and with, unfortunately, the loss of your chief, uh, here in Illinois, we did have kind of a rough week uh, this last week. Yeah. We, had, we had two incidents. Um, one earlier in the week, unfortunately, it was with the Kane County Sheriff's Police Department, Kane County Sheriff's Office. Uh, they lost one of their their canines, Canine Hudson, and uh, so there was an incident where they some deputies tried to stop a stolen car. They did stop the stolen car. Foot chase ensued, and ultimately there was a shootout with the suspect, and uh, unfortunately, Canine Hudson was killed in that gunfire exchange as well as the offender in that too. So yeah. um, they're definitely struggling with that out there. And we know um, just from the people that we've worked with in this job, canine handlers and canines and Chris and how many dogs Chris has had and how close you get to those, those right. animals sometimes. And the good people at Kane County too. That's a good organization right. out there. Right. One of the Chicago suburbs that's growing like crazy. And those folks have really done it. I think a good job of keeping up with it. I worked with a lot of good guys that were associated with King mm-hmm. County. And so, yeah, so that's a loss out there. And another incident, fortunately, this was not uh, death involved in this one, but uh, the Romeoville Police Department, which is not far uh, away, uh, Officer Dominic Thielman, uh, he was he was shot uh, this week chasing, again, somebody in a foot chase from a, from a stolen car. Chase ensued. Shots were exchanged. He was hit. I've, I've talked to some people that I know from that agency. He's he's recovering. He's stable as of now. That's so good. Hopefully non life threatening and a, a speedy recovery to him. But you know, again, six years on the job. Young guy. Don't know him personally, but you know, I have to imagine um, it's quite a quite a career changing event. So hopefully he's doing well. Yeah, hopefully our listeners' thoughts and prayers go out to them with uh, from our audience. I mean, we got quite a, an extensive audience uh, throughout the world now, which is kind of cool. And uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about with like events like this that happen to us, it really takes you, you know, you take a step back. You, you know, you're directly affected by it. A lot of ways, we were fortunate where we worked where we didn't see death directly, almost right up till the very end when I was there. Good guy that passed from cancer and like my chief this past week passed. It's like you start to step back and go, you know, maybe there's something to this stuff about, uh, you know, taking better care of ourselves mentally. Um, it's a tough time right now for work-life balance for cops. I'm going to be honest with you. First and foremost, like, what the hell does it mean even? We are a unique profession, this stuff. It's like you just can't take like, you know, Mr. Rogers would come in and change his shoes. I used to think like, it would be so cool to be like that in here. And I don't like to see people hurting one another, but that's not what the game is. It makes it so much easier. But, you know, like Mr. Rogers, he definitely tried to make things a lot better in the world. But, uh, 
you know, the idea of work-life balance is this thing that's coming along with, I think it's a generational shift where they say millennials are more into work-life balance, whatever that means. And then, you know, you know, we're Gen X and we're kind of leaving the profession because we're retiring and moving on and stuff like that. And what the expectations were, what we thought and what it takes to make it that long in law enforcement. I thought work-life balance would be a great show to talk about some of these things because mm-hmm. it does give you pause, you know, with the advent of a lot of these things with officers taking their own lives, the mass exodus of cops, the less people wanting to come into it. We have to start looking at some of these things. I think we're ripe for it. I don't know, Scott, what are your thoughts? I don't know if society's really ready for cops to have like a work-life balance because of some of the things that are happening. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's tough because we're kind of, I think for us, you're expected to just be on all the time. Yep. So, and, and you, and you are, even if you try to not be, you are, it's just what right. happens with this job. Um, I, I know it's becoming, I think it's going to have to change or it's going to come that way because that's definitely the big push in the private sector. Uh, it's oh, a yeah. conversation. I was just talking with my brother about this not too long ago and you see it in the corporate world um, that, that that's just, it's a changing thing. People want, they still want to work hard. They still want to do mm-hmm. well, make money, all that kind of stuff. But there's definitely been a shift to, hey, I want to come here and work hard for you, but I also need you to provide me, you know, with the time and resources to keep me happy in my personal life. Now, some of it, not going to lie, is a little extreme. Some of the things that people are out there asking for, some of these younger people think, you know, it should be this hand holding thing, and you should really only have to do a few hours of work, and then nap have, rooms. Right. Nap, nap rooms. I, I read one job I was putting in <laughs> right. for when I was transitioning from my last job to the current job, and I was looking at everything. I said, "Well, we have nap rooms," and I was like, "Oh, the tech industry is really looking to develop men. Yeah, that's for sure. Right. Adults. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean like, sure. that's the thing. You know, it's you got to be a grown up. Okay, you, you, you can." I think you make that transition to, um, I'm going through this, like with my own kids, like they, they work their well, one's about to be in college. The other one's home from college and you know, they work like they, they have their high school jobs, summer jobs, and they like mm-hmm. to work and make money. And, right. and my son's working a lot more hours this year. And he's like, Oh, you know, it's a lot of work. And I said, yeah, that's, I mean, get used to it. Like, this is what it means, you know, like you, you kind of, you get to make this kind of transition when you're around that age, whether, um, and it doesn't mean you're just when you're going to high, I mean, if you're not, even if you're going to college, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just that that time period when you kind of like become a late teens getting into your early twenties and it's like, okay, maybe I've just been working enough to have a little money in my pocket, save something, um, buy some stuff, but I live with my parents. I generally don't have really a whole lot of things to worry about. And then you got to make that leap from, okay, now I'm got to be responsible for myself and I have to pay my own bills and, you know, right. I have to do right. that. And so right. I, I get it that that's, and I think that there's more people that are kind of struggling with that. So I, I see where the, where that, where, where employers are having to deal with that a little bit more, but at the end of the day, you still got to work hard to have the things that you want. The police world's just trying to mirror the corporate world. Oh, yeah. It's a buzz phrase in the human resources world when it comes to you know attracting and retaining employees. But with the unique nature of our work, the expectations that society has long set for public safety readiness and response, plus some of the recent demonization of the police uh, from certain sectors within our society has really put the, you know, maybe the realities of what is considered a standard concept of a work-life balance, almost unattainable for the police. I was looking at those like, what do I mean? What do they even mean by work-life balance? What it is, is like they said, well, it's a form of self-care basically. And immediately I 
kind of reared back at that because as a child, I used to have to confess myself here all the time. <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I sinned. It's been weeks since my last confession, and I and I engaged in self care three times this past week. The power of Christ compels you. It's a different kind of self care. But self-care can come in multiple ways. Like if I don't have a purpose and that usually is in the form of work for me because I wasn't always the best student. I was the most gifted athletically. I was not the best musician, everything. I just worked hard and that's where people found value in me. So work was always the thing that I just went to. Like I didn't want to lead. I wanted to work because mm-hmm. I felt leading was getting too far away from the work. And when I tried to lead, I got frustrated because I wasn't working. And it was just, you know, the Irish work ethic. We, we've joked about that on other shows and, it, and it's right. a serious it's thing a true for me. Thing, yeah. And it's just like, okay, so self-care for me means that I have to go and and do things that I really am not interested in doing because I have to have this balance. And is it a 50-50 mix? It is a 75-25. What is it? it I, and I think it's just unique to the individuals. But the idea of like working towards a better work-life balance was like, well, I like to come home and work on things that I can't work on when I'm at work to make my life better at work. So when I come home, I'm happier. But people don't see it that way, particularly your spouse and your kids yeah. at times. I was fortunate with Carrie. If you go back to some of the shows we talked, Christy and Carrie were you know the wives that came on and talked about what it was like. And Carrie was a cop, so she understood what the work meant to me and what the work meant to other people. So I think a lot of times she gave me a long lead line. She let me go and run and Mm -hmm. did whatever. There were times and I know personally she was frustrated by that. And, you know, but she knew what it was about. And my son saw that and saw that's what dads do. And that's what it said. And you think in your own head, like they're getting all messed up. They're not. Well, I always saw you and Chrissy as much more realistic about a work-life balance than I was. I, I would always say to Carrie, I was like, they just seem to have it. They just seem to do it. They seem to be able to kind of work it. And again, I'm only seeing the outside. I'm just seeing. I'm just seeing the glitter, Scott. Only the glam, <laughs> the glitter. You guys, just the sizzle. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, we all do stuff in different ways. I mean, yeah, I, I like. I've always liked to work hard, like you, and I've loved this job, and I've probably gotten to do some of the most fun, exciting stuff I probably ever thought I would get to do in this job. So it's like when you were on and you were hustling and working, it was great. But then, for me personally. Um, just the way I'm, I need, I need some decompression time outside of that. Like I'll go, go, go. And you know how it was when we, the stuff that we used to do, we would go, go, go for weeks at a time. I mean, you just nonstop right. working, right. you know, right. at, at times six, seven days a week, sometimes depending on what you had going on 12, right. you know, 12, 14 hours a day. But yeah, we, our thing was like traveling and we did camping trips and, and that mm-hmm. was always fun. And that like just kind of became, um, one of the things that we did and we always made sure to try to fit that stuff in, in the summertime, um, yeah. or, you know, when, when there was availability, I guess I should say, and right. it gets harder, kids get older and, you know, they're doing their things and they're involved in activities and sports and whatever else. Um, but that was, I mean, that was big for me. And I guess the thing that I notice more nowadays is that, um, I felt like I've had, People over the years, bosses who have been like, oh, my God, this guy, you know, oh, he takes vacation all the time. He takes, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. he uses all the vacation time he gets every year. Well, I mean, if if I'm lazy and I don't do any work and I take tons of time off on top of it, yeah, maybe maybe you'd have a, a little bit of room to talk shit about me. But if I give you a good product, I work hard, then then that is the point. And and I feel like for me, um, where I'm at now and I see younger people in this profession that work hard and they're hustling, 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 you know, I'll, I'll remind those people or I'll have discussions with those people about, Hey man, you know, like ask them how their kids are doing or, Hey, you taking any vacations this summer, that kind of stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, to see like, Mm -hmm. 
are, are they doing that kind of stuff? And I, and, and they are, and it's good to hear. Um, cause you don't want to see people get burned out. I mean, I've, I've definitely been close at times over the years in different assignments to getting burned out with stuff, you know? Right. And that's the last right. thing I want to do. And I guess see it now as kids are getting a little bit older and you're kind of like in, you know, on the, on the backside of your career. And it doesn't matter what you, it doesn't have to be just police even. I mean, even people in the private sector, like you've, you've reached a certain point in your career and, and now you're kind of on that, on that backside of it. Um, you know, you got, you got to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and taking mm-hmm. time to, to, to take it easy. Because if you're just this constant ball of stress, I literally think that some of these people, you know, you hear about like cops and firemen all the time that die five weeks after they retire. You know what I mean? They're like, because right. they, they just don't know how to like. It holds you together. It's like the glue, right. like the stress of it is like the glue that keeps you going right. when you get right. rid of it. It's like, you know, like being dope sick, basically, you know, the, <laughs> right. the same kind of thing. Like, I, I don't know how to live without this. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and people have done very little because there's so few of us doing that. But to Scott's point, some of the health benefits of that that I've read about were like, you know, tell me about this if this doesn't really ring true on our job, just if you're completely content with your job. Um, uh, you know, they found that people that work a lot of extra hours and weird hours and dedicate more time to work than anything else, both mentally and physically, they say fatigue is a huge issue. Obviously, you start fatigue. You work midnight shift, you start fatigue. Right. You're already starting fatigue. When you're new, you come into the work. Generally, you get bumped to places where the senior people don't want to be, whether in a right to work state or a union state. Fatigue is a natural part of our existence. And then the other thing is poor health. I mean, we've talked about this on other shows. Uh, the uh, New Hampshire hog jog one. We talked about why we <laughs> thought it was so bad that people would not want to get on top of things for that. We're hoping in the future to have some folks come on the show that have workout routines that directly impact police officers in the life that they live. We're, we're really looking forward to that opportunity. And then obviously, negative impacts on your relationships like cops never get divorced yeah i don't think they right. do. i think they, they usually stay steady in relationships it's pretty good and then the cool thing about it is when you do get divorced and you try to remarry you generally end up marrying someone else that's in that same cauldron you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's like anything that we've got to compare for a work-life balance i think probably one of the biggest places for a difficulty and balance of that is the police world the military world builds in time like when you deploy i know a lot, i work with a lot of guys that deploy you get time on the front end to prep up for it. You go deploy for X amount of time and then you come home and you get this decompression time with your family. So like the military mandates that they're staffed specifically for that. Could you imagine what your budget would be in a police agency in any city where you now had guys that were regularly rotating out of the stress of that? When I say guys, I mean guys and girls, obviously, yeah. but like that would be crazy relationships might be better, whatever. But these are realistic things that we need to talk about. If we're willing to do this for warriors of one class, why are we not willing to do this for warriors of another class? Because when you're in an environment, you just adapt to the environment you're in. And we never, ever really thought about this in law enforcement. And I thought, well, there are some real unique challenges that people talk about. Well, these are the things we need to do for officers. Okay. I'm glad you're saying all that, Republicans and Democrats, but do you realize what this is going to cost and take to do this stuff? Right, yeah. I mean, like literally it you would have to sounds good, double- but do you know what really it would take to really make this happen? And, and there are a lot of things. Like they say that people that work over, they found that the people that work more overtime, and I know this is no mystery to you, Scott, because like when you sign up for an overtime detail, the expectation is, is actually I'm going to get a premium rate to provide the least amount of work humanly <laughs> possible. 
I have heard guys on calls, like when I've been out, I'm working straight time and this guy's working at overtime detail. A call comes out at the very place he's working the detail at. And he goes, can I have a patrol unit come over here to take this call? It's like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, so the productivity was never there for the cops anyway, but they say that anybody that works more than 50 hours a week, the, 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 the results are actually detrimental to their success in, in, in providing more work. Uh, it was a Stanford study that they found out. Also, you know, you talk about working more. It's like burnout. You just burn out. At a certain point, we say, oh, man, that money's going to be sweet. That money's going to be sweet. But you talk to a guy that put in 100 hours in an 80-hour work period. Like, right. That's 20 more hours of work. And he's like this. You know, at a certain point, there's not a price tag for my time. And that's single guys, single girls, guys with families, kids, wives that support them, everything like that. So it's like that. The other thing that they talked about, here's another, let me, let me see what this rings true for you, Scott. What other job can you think of that this is? Work overload. These are things that people worry about, like work overload. Are we experiencing that right now in law enforcement? Oh, yeah. With every agency in America is down people. Yeah. You're short-staffed. Like, people short-staffed. are being forced to work. You know, it can't go on like that. You look at cities like Chicago and they're they're canceling the officer's vacation regularly right. cancel exceeding you're, you're, human you're, limits you're, right. you're, you're you're constantly being forced to work 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 you cannot take any time off uh, i was at a training class the end of last year with some uh one of the groups of officers in there were sheriff's deputies from from portland and they were talking about how they worked i want to say it was like 65 days straight with yeah, all the rioting right. and stuff that's going on there. And we're right. not talking about 65 days straight of driving around, making some traffic stops, taking some calls. 65 days, too, but, right, 65 yeah. days of getting pelted with water bottles and right. bricks and rocks and just constantly clashing with people for 65 days straight. Right. I, I don't know that I could even handle that. I mean, right. these, and to hear these guys talk about it, I mean, what you, you're, you're a complete, you'd be a complete mess at the end of that. Right. And again, is, do you think there's any time on the back of that? Like you said, like a military deployment, like, Hey, you guys did this. We're going to give you three weeks off. So you guys can decompress and take it easy. No, you probably yeah, got like man. two days off or your long day or your long, you right. know, three day weekend right. off. Right. If you're on 12 hour shifts and it's right. like, boom, you're back to work. There is no, there is no time for that. And it contributes to the other two factors associated with uh, burnout on the job. And that's too little control over your work. And the other one is values conflict. Your values as an individual conflict with the values of your leaders or the people that are leading. You know, you're going to tell me these officers in Portland standing there day in and day out or dealing with that or Seattle or some of these crazier cities that you're thinking about, like San Francisco, where officers are trying to do what's right and they're seeing what's happening. And that doesn't affect you every single day. Like people, then they just quit. Okay, I just quit. That's cool. Say that. Say that to me all the time. I love it. If you don't like it, just get out. We used to say it all the time early on. Now you say that to somebody, and you're talking about guys that are taking 20 years of experience to be replaced by either no one or somebody that has 20 minutes of experience in law enforcement. That's a huge investment. Like any other organization that would tell all of their senior people to quit if they don't like it anymore. That's cool if you're making widgets and nobody really needs it. But every single day, somebody calls a cop for something. And those are things that like for a work-life balance, like it's going to be hard to do. I, I, I completely agree with the idea of it, but I don't know if people necessarily understand what that's well, going to I, I take. Think one of the do positives that at least I'm seeing a little bit more now with law enforcement is that cities are looking, they're looking at those at things that they can do to retain good people. Cause like, that's to your mm-hmm. point, like, oh yeah, just quit. Okay. Who are you replacing me with? Potentially no right. one. So right. how about this? How about you try to do something to incentivize, to keep me to stay, to keep me in a good place physically and mentally where I can add value 
to your agency and provide good service to your citizens. You know what I mean? So that's, I feel like you kind of hear that word out there more now, um, you know, retaining good people. And now that we've kind of gotten off, I think most places have gotten off this defunding thing. It's not only talking about salaries as things to retain people, but what other kinds of things can you offer to people to retain people? Because you, you might have someone like that's in our age bracket that has 20 plus years on and they, you start getting disgruntled and you're like, Hey, no, screw it. I'm out. But a department might be like, no, this guy, he's a wealth of knowledge, experience. You know, maybe he's trained people. He's got specialized training. What could we do to keep this person maybe four or five more years and get the most out of them that we can. That's another thing where I think that that's uh, that people are that agencies, cities, villages are looking at that to try to keep those people. That was one thing I was reading an article this week earlier that said an agency is going to pay guys for forty hours worth of work, but they're only going to require thirty-two hours of them for that. Now, these are some of the creative things that think people are thinking about. Um, in order to retain police officers, it's like, you know, the military will do incentivize, like we're going to do signing bonuses. The police world try that and things like that. But like the way costs are and things like that and the way things work, like money after a certain amount of time doesn't matter to you with time and the quality of life that you've got. I think people can find this a very enriching profession. You know, one of the things that we can't do, and like you and I are senior guys, I'm more senior, like age wise than you, but we've been working on the job the same amount of times. Like, when younger people get something that we wished we had, but we didn't get it, and now we complain about it, that makes those younger people feel bad. And they're like, well, I'll never be able to live up to what this guy expects me because they said that we should have all this stuff, and now we're getting it, and we're asking for it, and now that we, they think we're soft, and we're never going to make it in this world, and we're not going to do it. I've heard that numerous times. Like, oh, man, the way they treat these kids, the way they treat them, the way differently. These kids come in, they don't want to work in the zone, and they don't let them work there, and that's bull. We got told we work or we'll lose our jobs. I go, well, that was cool because they had 4,000 people. <laughs> showing up for right. 40 jobs right now you got 40 people showing up for 400 jobs i mean like if you got that and you know, like a, probably a third of those 40 are going to get kicked out and not make it anyway so we've got to learn to adapt and go this is this, this i always talk about this generational thing the gen x versus the whole millennials and millennials are soft or whatever okay if that's what we think one who to blame who's to blame for that the gen xers because we raised them and then two Okay, they're here. That's the mountain. Are we going to blow up the mountain or are we going to try to climb it and deal with it? Right. And, and, and that's what we're talking about. And people need to understand that all of these things sound great until you have to put it into practice for a job that so few people know so much about it. And every agency is unique in the way that they deal with things. And it comes down to leadership, like we started out with talking with this. And a lot of this stuff is like, like I said, Scott would take the time. And then to Scott's point, people would talk crap about what was going on with it. Now, we had some abusers of it. You know what I'm talking oh, yeah, about, Scott, guys that that as soon as they got the time, they burned it. And they're making it harder for everybody else. So from a peer standpoint, we got to do this ourselves. Like, hey, I know I got time. I know I don't want to come out. I want to bang out because it's cold. It's raining. I don't want to come to work. I don't want to do this. And I call off. And then when like I really need it, it's not there. And I have to beg my friends to throw it into a bank for me or to help me out or to cover for me. Things like that. That burns people out as well. So we're just as bad about it as anybody else. And look, I know you're a millennial and you want to work life balance. But in the same sense, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Like you have to get here and get on the ground and make people feel secure in what's going on with policing. The other things our leaders need to understand is that not everything is a police related matter. We, for years, when we hired all these cops with the omnibus crime bill, um, we're like, yeah, we can go. Oh yeah, we can handle that. Oh yeah, we can handle that. Oh yeah, we can. Sure. The cops should be there for that. And it's like, no, it's not. And only a short time ago, 
we didn't even have radios and we had to go to a box and get on a phone and go, what do you got waiting for me? And it was a dispatcher holding calls for you while things were going on. And we only really went to the most obvious in progress calls like violence and stuff like that. If we're never going to get the numbers, that's what people have to get used to. You're not calling the cops because your neighbor's, neighbor's dog's pooping on your lawn and you <laughs> right. two can't go out there and deal with each other as adults about it. Right. Like we're not going to come up there and break up that fight. You know what I mean? That's not a priority call. People aren't dying from that, nor should they. And these are things we've all talked about with this, but like they talked about a lot of things just to kind of wrap it up here, Scott, about we could do to have a better work-life balance. And and like you read the stuff and you're like, yeah, that's cool. It's like a wish list though. It's like someday, someday, you know, someday, 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 like the Wright brothers were sitting out on a beach <laughs> and they weren't thinking about like really bad coach flying in, uh, you know, right. like in airports and things yeah. like that. They, they weren't thinking about a man, like literally using the moon to launch, to go to Mars. Like that is like where flight is going for us. Right. You know what I mean? Like they didn't think about that, but that's where I imagine they were like, what, what could this amount to other than it being a bicycle with a big set of wings on it? You know what I mean? And that's where I think we're at with law enforcement right now. Like, Oh, we're work-life balance key. Well, and I think you know, good luck. I, yeah. Right. And, and we're talking within reason. I mean, this profession you are still going to be required to step up and work right. hard and get put in difficult situations and do things that are physically demanding. And, and we're not talking about that police departments are going to be giving you safe spaces to sit in and stuff like that, but they, they sh certainly should be encouraging those things to do outside of work to like decompress and, and do those kinds of things. I mean, I get it. It's different than the, than the corporate world and, that's some of that's just not going to change. I mean, that's just the right. nature of our job. But, right. but what we're saying to people is, you know, you can embrace some of that. And really some of it has to do with just what you do on your, on your own. It's not what someone is providing for you necessarily. What do you do in your own personal life so that you don't jeopardize those personal relationships spousal relationships, relationships with your kids, like be there to do the things that you can do, work hard, um, you know, earn a good living, but don't forget that at some day this career ends, you know what I mean? It's not a lifetime thing and make sure that when you start getting down that road, that you're prepared for, for living your life beyond what, what this job is. And Scott did recently talk to me about, it was like, this is kind of like a legacy moment for me. He got into model railroading. I just don't know which size touch. scale I don't yeah, want to like do. I think HO is big. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like your God complex. You get to create this little environment. Like, we're right, like, buying all those like, little, those little like, trees and stuff. Right. So it's Christmas every day in this town. Yeah, that's what I used to, I went down there. I was looking, he got really put out that I asked yeah. about because he got mad because I went on uh, offer up and bought an old ping pong table and converted right. it into the city right. in the basement. Right. It's right. like I've already right. I've already started. Right. So I'm bringing sheets right. of plywood right. down. Scott and Chrissy, the other people I know, they're, they're going to be empty nesters here pretty soon. Oh man, we're talking about what they're going to do uh, when the end of this. And I said, you know, here, Lord, maybe that's balance. why we're doing some reflection here. I want you to think about one thing for me when I say this to you. It's going to be life altering. The Abbey Apartments oh, at Four Lakes in beautiful Lyle, Illinois. Move over there, get like a ski lodgy type apartment. You right. Deal on one of those things. You get a lift ticket and all the golf you want. Like, why right. would you? And sand volleyball. For, and, and, and sand volleyball and all the Bud Light that oh, you can drink. Oh, <laughs> all go. right. There's a stack uh, up. All right. Anyway.
You had me, then you lost me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounded good until the Bud Light. But they're stocking up on it, man. It's like, yeah, it's going to be. How much is a Bud Light? Uh, it's like 50 cents. <laughs> right. What? I got $10. I'm going to be shit faced. <laughs> that includes the, includes the tip. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, look, look, we're just trying to unload it, man. We don't know what's going on. Um, but anyway, uh, and on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And, uh, you know, obviously officers, people out there listening to us, we got a lot of people waiting in the wings to get on here. And we just want to let you know, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to keep up with the volume of it, our regular jobs, the demands that we just talked about. We're trying to do a work-life balance with a podcast in the middle of all this. So we appreciate your patience. It's the same thing. You can get a hold of us at our Gmail account, which is three cops talk at gmail.com. That's the number three cops talk at gmail.com. Going to check out any of our past episodes. You can go wherever you get any podcasts, download, share, like with your friends or go directly to our website which is www.3copstalk.com Chris, he's got a lot going on we miss him as usual, we hope he'll be back here soon we'll see him next time y'all be safe and balance your life in September of 2018 I accepted a job in Oak Brook, Illinois I was living in California at the time and I had to choose a place to live online so I didn't really have much of an idea of what to expect but when I was driving up to Four Lakes I was immediately impressed by all the trees, the fountains, the lakes, people walking their dogs and the big open areas. There is a nice gym and a little convenience store all within walking distance. There is also a bar within walking distance that has great music there and a good atmosphere, good prices on drinks and excellent food. What surprised me most is there is actually a ski hill right here in Four Lakes. At the bottom of the hill, it is lined with volleyball courts.